When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. And joining us on this episode is number one New York Times bestselling author Gabrielle Bernstein, who's been labeled a new thought leader by Oprah Winfrey. Gabby was included in Oprah's Super Soul 100, a group of 100 trailblazers whose vision and life's work are bringing a higher level of consciousness to the world. Gabby is the author of eight books, the latest of which is called Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. Gabby, thank you so much for joining us. As we mentioned off air, this is just a dream to have you here. It's so nice to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. I love how you start the first chapter with a story that ends with, my 24-year-old self could never have imagined who I am today. And uh, gosh, I just related to that so much. Who Mm -hmm. were you when you were 24? And what part of who you are today would have surprised you the most? When I was 24, I was struggling with a drug addiction. I was unaware of trauma from my history. I was living with dissociated trauma. I was very egocentric. I was terrified, living with a lot of fear. And I couldn't at the time have contemplated the peace that I have today, not just, oh, the credentials or the, or the work that I do, or the fact that I wrote nine books or any of that. It was more about the inner peace that I truly could not have contemplated. I could not have contemplated the ease with which that's my kitty, kitty, you know, crying in the background here. She's not crying. She's actually (laughs) happy because she's getting mommy's attention, but I couldn't have contemplated that peace. No way. Not at that time. And you write, my desire to know God ultimately was what saved my life. Tell us more about that. Throughout my own journey of uh, personal growth and trauma recovery and addiction recovery, I have had one through line that has been a saving grace, and that is my spiritual faith. The each year after year, I continued to strengthen my faith as a spiritual student and as a spiritual teacher. And having that faith that I was being guided, having the faith that even when difficult things were happening, that it was that there was a higher purpose, having that that inner strength and intuition so heightened is what has been the guiding force in my life to go through difficult times and come out the other side. And to be able to really feel the presence of that spiritual connection by my side as I faced into very difficult experiences, memories, uh, and resolved un- unresolved traumas. And I needed that spiritual connection to get me through. What happens to our mind when we experience a traumatic event? And how can it trigger us so many years later, even if that event itself only occurred in a matter of seconds? Yeah. So we can have a one-time trauma that can dictate the rest of our life. And it's it's actually because of our 
Uh, it's off. It's alive. This is is a biochemical th- issue. It's 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 getting set up with specific brain functioning. It's the nervous system being stuck and truncated in a freeze response. Uh, when we experience trauma, often we can even dissociate. We can check out. And so if we f- if we freeze or we or we uh, you know don't have the ability to run or move we can get into a neural loop with the feeling mainly of that heightened state of fear. And so what trauma does is it creates that fear response over and over in our nervous system, but it's not necessarily because we're reliving that initial trauma, but it's because any form of fear that hits us in life, you know, something that feels out of control or loss of a job or a pandemic can activate that same fear response that is unresolved. So while we may think, oh, okay, that happened when I was three years old, well, you're still reliving it every single day because your nervous system responds to fear or being out of control or even specific triggers in the exact same way it did decades ago because it has not been fully resolved. And so the resolution has to come from a somatic experience, a therapeutic experience, an experience of reprocessing the energetic disturbance from the past. Why did you decide to write Happy Days? You've written so many books before. What said to you, hey, I really need to get this book out there? I remembered childhood trauma when I was 36 years old. So that was in 2016. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, yeah. That was the one it was. And I was so taken aback by the fact that I'd lived for 36 years, not aware of this experience that really had created so much of my life's patterns. And I knew then that I was going to write a book about trauma and trauma recovery. But I also knew that I couldn't write that book until I'd lived it. So here I am now, 42 years old, publishing this book, printing this book and in, in, in now, because I have lived to tell what freedom looks like, what the other side of trauma looks like. While I knew I was meant to write this many years ago, I knew I couldn't until I had lived it. I know that this is the time for this book because anyone that's alive right now is is experiencing trauma. We're living with a worldwide pandemic. Right now, as we record this, we're in the midst of an outbreak. It's it's a terrifying time. We are feeling all kinds of unresolved emotional distresses from our past because we feel out of control in the present. And so when we're out of control in the present, we will return to those same neural pathways that told us we were not safe when we were a, ch- a child or whatever it was that came up for us. So this book is a guide to help people It's a guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. That's the subtitle of Happy Days. The pandemic has been really traumatic for all of us. But I think for people like myself or my mom, we've been lucky enough not to have lost somebody. And so it's hard to publicly say we're experiencing a hard time when we know so many other people are experiencing so much worse. So how can we try and communicate openly about how it's affecting us? I think it's really important not to minimize our suffering. We all suffer and some of us are luckier than others. Some of us have experiences that are easier. Some of us have circumstances that are easier and we can, but we also don't want to minimize our suffering. We don't want to downplay our suffering. 
yes, it's important to be conscious and aware of your audience, right? So if if you were sitting here complaining all the time, but you have a lot going on for you, it's, it might be it might be hard for your audience to hear that. But it is really important to be truthful and be honest about what we're going through in life, because that's actually a huge part of moving through it, is the bravery to speak for it, to speak on behalf of it. So we want to really be aware of the ways that we may say, oh, well, that wasn't so bad, or it could be worse, because that's not really giving ourselves permission to face what it was or what it truly is. And so let's all accept right now, we're all suffering at this time in some way, shape or form, even if things are really good and you're having a great time, you're still picking up the global trauma, the collective trauma of what's happening in the world. You know, going into a a restaurant, sending your kid to school every day is a scary feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. That's where we're at. And you know, having a deep level of compassion for others can allow you to also stay in your own compassion for yourself. How can we as a global community use all of this that's happened to us since we've all gone through a collective traumatic event and be better advocates for mental health in the long run as a result of it? Well, there's no other choice than to wake up right now. There's, we can make another choice, of course, but the way to really survive, thrive, and 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 support others for the future is to is to wake up to your conscious awareness of your own inner well-being, to do whatever it takes to get yourself to a place of inner safety, and to then be a grounded, steady force for others. And that is our responsibility as humans to 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 show up for our own internal condition so that we can show up for the world in a better way. And so I think that when we face into the fears and the truths of what we've been all living through, it's actually a beautiful opportunity because it's letting people, we can't hide from our unresolved suffering anymore. And this pandemic has given us the opportunity to face into things that experiences from our past and uh, that we may never have touched, that we may never even wanted to look at. But now we want to feel better. We want to be more resilient. We want to, uh, we can't live in that suffering. And so I think that the answer is that we can use this cracking open as an opportunity to go further with our own personal growth. I really love how you talk about the importance of having a vision to get you beyond whatever it is you're struggling with at this particular moment. You talk about saying the words, there has to be a better way. And you also talk about how in your early sobriety, you couldn't contemplate what a better life could look like, but you did know one thing for sure. You wanted to wake up without anxiety, excited to live another day. So tell us more about that and how we can have a vision in our minds when we wake up every day to help us face days that may be very challenging. We must wake up every day with the willingness to see through the lens of love. What that means, I'll break it down, is that no matter what we face each day, we can see it with fear, we can see it with love, we can see it with with drama and judgment and attack, or we can see it with opportunity and uh, uh, strength and grace. And so if we make that commitment, waking up each day saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to see through the lens of love. I'm going to choose to, 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 to witness my experiences through the lens of love. Everything in your life will change because it's not that you don't have bad experiences. It's just that you're, you're consciously choosing to see them through the lens of possibility, the lens of solution rather than 
seeking problems, and it, it can greatly transform your entire experience in life. And so much of this book, my, my little kitten is purring and, and, and really happy right now, actually. <laughs> she's agreeing. Um, <laughs> she's just agreeing, right, little baby? Um, there's so much of what's written in this book is about resilience. And in order for us to survive these times with everything that we've also been through in our history is to have the willingness to show up for ourselves first and then for the world. And that's going to require some personal growth and some commitment to look inward and some of our own shifts in our energy. And it's, it's not a small thing, but it's, 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 in my opinion, the only way to show up. How have you been able to show yourself self-compassion when you felt really triggered to go back to who you were and feel upset and angry and come down hard on yourself? I think that self-compassion is actually one of my superpowers because my ability to, to compassionately witness my past or witness my behavior in the present and to just speak to myself. Actually, I write about this in the book about how we can actually speak back to ourselves with compassion, but to look at a situation and say, okay, Gabby, you could have done that differently, but we'll try again better next time. Or, you know, that, that isn't exactly what we want to do moving forward, but we forgive, I forgive you. Right. So really looking at myself with compassion, but speaking to myself with compassion, showing up for, for day-to-day experiences with that, that commitment to be self-compassionate is actually a superpower because it, if we don't have that level of self-compassion, then we will live in a lot of self-blame and a lot of self-shaming. And in that place of blame and shame, it's very hard to move forward because we're constantly beating ourselves up or punishing ourselves for what was rather than giving ourselves the opportunity to step into what can be. What is the vision that you wake up with every day? I wake up every day with the intention to have fun, with the intention to help a lot of people, with the intention to be creative. I um, don't, it's, it's nice because I feel pretty centered in the moment now. So I'm not trying to be so forward thinking of like, when am I going to get there? There's no, there's no there I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to be in this moment and have a good day. And um, a lot of things in my life right now keep me present in that. My three-year-old toddler can keep me really present in that. Um, but just genuinely, my vision is to be in the present moment each day. And that, that can sound a little bit cheesy, but I mean it with all my heart to be in the presence of my team, to be in the presence of my husband, to be in the presence of my child and to have fun, to be in the presence of my kitten <laughs> who is with me right now. <laughs> and is and adorable. She's so gorgeous. Oh my God. I'm obsessed <laughs> with her. <laughs> yeah. So I think that vision for me is really about the, 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 the design of the day, not, not how am I going to be in five years? It's not just making a gratitude list in the morning that's going to get you to the place that you really want to be then, right? You have to actually put it into action. Well, I think there's a lot of vehicles and practices to get us to the feeling that we want to assume. But I, I, I really believe that we can be in the daily intention of gratitude, in the daily intention of self-compassion, in the daily intention of personal development. If that's the vibe that you wake up with every day, it's like, you know, how can I be more compassionate? How can I be more grateful? How can I have more appreciation? You're going to have a really good day. That's just, it's just inevitable. That is a way you set yourself up to win. How important has writing and journaling been to you on this journey? In the book, I have a practice that I write about called Rage on the Page. 
And it was really transformational for me. That practice uh, is a journaling practice of really letting out all of your rageful feelings for 20 minutes and then just letting yourself meditate for 20 minutes after that. That practice in itself was extremely transformational, particularly through 2020. Um, writing nine books in 11 years has transformed me, has healed me. And a lot of people say like, who do you write your books for? I write my books for myself because they're so healing for me. And as a result of writing these books and living these practices, I have benefited greatly. So writing has been a huge part of my own personal growth journey. Before I told anyone that I had depression, I always felt like depression was like a curse word. I couldn't say it. I could be sad. I could be, oh, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, but I couldn't say depressed. And I love how you talk about how we shouldn't be afraid to do that, to use mental health, depression, anxiety, to, to really label ourselves as this. How does that help us? I have a whole chapter in Happy Days. It's all about facing shame and the shame around the stigma of any kind of mental health concern or issue. I personally had to face my own shame around stigmas when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. So I understand that experience of feeling the silencing of, of depression and not wanting to speak on behalf of it. But if we don't give voice to it, it will take us over. If we don't give voice to it, it will stay shunned in the corner. It will stay a shameful conversation. And so as those of us who do live through the experience of depression and, and anxiety and come out the other side, the, and the, those of us who speak on behalf of the truth of mental illness are the ones that are really creating the pathway for greater recovery for others. Because frankly, it's, it is the silence about these issues that makes so many people stay stuck in their suffering. And particularly around mental illness and, and around um, psychopharmaceutical drugs that we may need at times to save our lives. And I speak so openly about all of this in the book because I wanted to give people permission to accept, honor, and compassionately speak on behalf of their own mental health. What message would you have for someone who's listening and really in a tough spot right now and feeling like they have no one that they can turn to? What's the first step for them? They've already taken it. If they're listening to this conversation, that means that they have the willingness to feel better. So in my opinion, they've taken the first step, which is to have the bravery and the willingness to listen to a spiritual self-help book author talk about recovering from trauma. The next step after that willingness is to keep listening, to keep seeking, to keep open your heart open to the support that is around you. That could mean being inspired by this interview and picking up happy days and reading it. That could mean listening to another one of your interviews or going and finding a teacher or a therapist or just taking that second step. But the first step begins with willingness, the slight willingness to really be open and willing to receive guidance in any form and to really respect yourself enough to witness that there is something that needs to be healed. Uh, that's why I wrote Happy Days is to be able to hand that book to that person and say, here's what I did. I hope it helps, you know, and um, I, I'm, I, I'm going to shamelessly say that go read the book. That's the answer. It's a fabulous book. I read through the whole thing in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in one sitting. <laughs> you said that you could talk about vulnerability all day, but it was hard for you to actually tell your story. What were you most embarrassed about? And what was the reaction that you got once you finally shared that with people? 
it was a lot to safely be able to talk about trauma and sexual abuse because there's so much stigma around it. And the same goes for uh, postpartum depression and what goes around that. And so I had to make sure that I was safe enough in my own experience of these traumas to speak on behalf of them. Because if we speak too soon, we can really re-traumatize ourselves and others. So it's a delicate process of becoming safe enough to be a voice box for issues that otherwise would be put into a category of shameful. But we can become shame shifters when we open up our own awareness and ability to heal and to release our own shame around these issues. We can then shift the shame in others by being just a voice for it, a a shame-free voice for it. Because anyone listening to me right now, listening to me talk about some of these experiences from my past or anyone that reads Happy Days will feel that there is no shame in these stories anymore. And therefore, they'll recognize themselves in my story and my lack of shame will give them permission to be at ease with what their experiences may be. Another one of the interesting things you bring up in Happy Days is that peace and love are who we are. We just forgot. Why did we forget? When we're born, we're born in that genuine state of surrendered peace and love. And then every single day of our life thereafter is a consistent reminder of that disconnect from peace. So we we live in a world that does not believe in that belief system, that peace and love are who we are. We live in a world that 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 it is focused on suffering and chaos and fear and to be alive is to be in the presence of a lot of fear and so as we develop as humans we were never pulled aside and said here's the trauma toolkit right like here's how you resolve these issues we are hit with these emotional disturbances and then we're expected to just carry the bag and carry on with life and move forward but those emotional disturbances stick with us. So that's why I think it's so valuable to have tools like the the tools that are presented inside Happy Days because it might be able to let you as a parent begin to instill those those practices in your child so that they can go through life with a little bit less, with a way of being able to resiliently move through fear and remember that peace and grace of who they are. And so that's what we're here to do is not necessarily to not experience fear or trauma, but to have the connection and the resources to really be resilient in the midst of it so that we can come back to that peace no matter what. Can you give us an example of something that might trigger us and how we can interrupt the fear response that we get to it and really just retrain our body to to at least have a a neutral response when something triggers us? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, God, everything these days is triggering. Um, Getting an email from your kid's school that says another kid has COVID, you know, so then triggers you to say, okay, you know, is my kid going to get COVID? My kid's a toddler, you know, whatever it is. Um, The news is quite triggering. Uh, Feeling out of control in any way is triggering. Even the way someone speaks to you with a specific tone can trigger you if it's a reminder of experience from your childhood. And so the throughout the book, I write a lot of um, methods for interrupting the pattern of that trigger. One in particular that is so beautiful is just a heart hold. 
just placing your right hand on your heart and your left hand on your belly and just breathing into your diaphragm. And on the exhale, just relax. And just with that hold, continue to breathe in. And then let that go. And breathe in. Let that go. And take one more deep breath in. And just relax. And just feel into the steadiness and the presence in your body right now. If you are genuinely breathing, I'm sure you feel some relief in this moment. And that relief is the interrupt of that triggered pattern. So the next time you feel triggered or you feel activated by something, just put your right hand on your heart and your left hand on your belly and breathe. And you interrupt the pattern. I'm wondering what message you would have for parents. You're a parent yourself now. One of the chapters in your book is titled Reparent Yourself. What message do you have for other parents out there for in terms of what they can do to raise kids who are better able to cope with trauma? First things first, work on yourself because your children are constantly co-regulating. They're picking up what you're putting out. So if you're in an anxious state, they're picking up that anxiety and establishing what's known as an anxious attachment style because they don't know what they're going to get next from that parent. Or if you're uh, some not not someone that they can rely on, then they're going to start to feel a lot of insecurity in that relationship. So the best thing you can do is put your oxygen mask on first and start to show up for yourself, t- taking on therapeutic practices, going to therapy, do- doing getting a life coach, reading a book like Happy Days. Do the work because the more that you start to become conscious and aware of your own energy and your own your own presence the easier it will be for you to help your child because your presence will become your power in your relationship to your child. And you can begin to help support them even just through a soothing energy. Children need to be seen. They need to be soothed. As Dan Siegel says, they need to be, they need to be respected. They need to have a, um, a steadiness in their life, but that can only come when you do that for yourself. And that's why I've written that chapter, reparent yourself, because as we start to focus on our own, uh, healing of our own childhood wounds, we can then not only get into good practice of applying them for our children, but also be a presence in our child's life that is soothing and secure. Gabby, at the end of each show, we ask our guests, what is your nobody told me lesson? So what is it that nobody told you about how to find inner peace despite experiencing trauma? Let's say the most important thing, even though Happy Days is filled with just tons of great ones, that you wish you'd known when you were experiencing the darkest days of your life and you'd like to pass it on to our listeners. Nobody told me it was okay to feel my feelings. Mm. And I think that's a huge gift that this book offers readers is that it's a big permission slip to forgive yourself and feel your feelings and be where you are, be in the presence of what you need to feel. Yeah. And you give, you give people permission also to have that, that vision, like you talk about, like that vision that I'm going to wake up without anxiety. That's exactly right. And how can people connect with you on social media and the internet? Everything is at DearGabby.com or my podcast, Dear Gabby. And on, on social media, I'm at Gabby Bernstein, G-A-B-B-Y, at Gabby Bernstein. 
All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Gabby, for joining us. This has been absolutely life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The book is fabulous. I can't speak highly enough about it. And I know my mom, we were having a good conversation about it. Feels oh, the same. Yeah. 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 You've really got some very accessible tools in there. Right. So we, we appreciate that. Thank you guys. It means a lot to hear that because you're my first, you're my early readers. So thank oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> again, our thanks to Gabby Bernstein. And again, her latest book is called Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. And her website is GabbyBernstein.com. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. You're listening to Nobody Told Me. Thank you so much for joining us. 